This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. In many cultures of the world, honor is still a way of life, especially when it comes to honoring previous generations. It's not considered unusual for parents and grandparents to be cared for in their latter years in the homes of their children and grandchildren. Instead of the elderly being a burden, they're viewed as a blessing, a vast resource of wisdom and knowledge. Even in America, there once was a time when we took pains to honor the elderly, recognizing them for their faithfulness and wisdom. The younger generations appreciated the experience and insights of their elders. I was reminded of my own heritage of honor when I watched the movie The Last Samurai. The Japanese word samurai simply means servant. The entire duty of a samurai was to serve the emperor and defend his honor. After my mother became a widow, my sister and brother both asked her to live with them, but she wouldn't have it. I live with Dougie, my oldest boy, she said. Wow, I was 38 years old, single, and leading an international ministry, and so buying a house with my mother was not exactly the path I had envisioned for my life at that time. But... As the eldest Asian son, I knew it was my responsibility to care for her. In 1996, she moved in with me and lived with me for nearly eight years before we had her moved to Austin to be nearer to my sister. You see, she had begun having some health problems, and I was traveling quite a bit at the time. A year and a half after she moved to Austin, she went to be with the Lord, just a few weeks after she had been diagnosed with cancer. Now, looking in retrospect, I wouldn't trade those eight years together for anything in the world. I'm so thankful I chose to honor her that way. I find myself honoring my mother by obeying certain things she taught me, such as taking off my shoes before going into the house. Anytime I determine to walk through the house, even today, fully shod, I can hear her voice in my head saying something like, Dougie, do you have your shoes on? Douglas, take off your shoes. Now, I even make my guests take off their shoes from time to time. I also remember my mother telling me not to throw tissue in the toilet. Dougie, they clog the drain. I would argue with her that there's no difference between tissues and toilet paper. But years later, I learned that she was right when I saw it on television. It was confirmed again by a woman who'd heard me tell the story about my mother when I was preaching at a church in Connecticut. She sent me an email entitled, Your Mother was right. And she says this, I heard you tell the story about your mother and her opposition to having tissues thrown into the toilet. She was right, you know. I laughed to myself as I thought what my nine-year-old would tell you if you were to walk up and ask him why we don't throw tissues into the toilet. A couple of years ago, Chaska and I set up a small experiment. We put a tissue in a cup of water and toilet paper in another cup of water and let it sit overnight. Sure enough, The next day, the toilet paper had broken up very well, but the tissue was still completely intact. While I was talking with my husband about you and what you had said, I looked at Chaska and asked, Chaska, why don't we throw tissues in the toilet? He looked up at me over the rim of his glasses and said, because they'll clog the drain. Then, knowing that our six-year-old had been trained not to throw the tissues into the toilet, I asked, Kenya, why don't we throw tissues into the toilet? He raised up his curly mop and said, because we throw them in the trash. But Kenya, why don't, we throw, why don't we throw them in the trash? Because we can't throw them in the toilet. Kenya, what would happen if we, if we threw them in the toilet? 
He raised his curly mop again and paused for a moment, then making a gagging noise and sticking out his precious little tongue, he said, it would choke. You see, unfortunately, it seems this type of honor for previous generations is becoming a lost art. Even today, as now I'm married and have a family, I think of my mother often and think of the importance of not having regrets and that truly mama was right. In fact, when I think about it, when she used to tell me to take my shoes off, I remember one time I said, but mother, this is my house when we moved in together. And she goes, Dougie, I don't care. I changed your diaper when you baby, you know. Okay, mom, okay. And we had other little idiosyncrasies that we'd work through together. But you know, in many ways, mama was right. And when I get to heaven, because she's gone there long before me, when I get to heaven, she'll greet me and she'll say, Dougie, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. And speaking of honoring generations, I want to honor a couple of people that truly became like spiritual mamas at a time I really needed that in my life. When I lost my mother to cancer, it was so wonderful when people like Dodie Osteen, the the widow to the late John Osteen, and I remember when my mother passed away from cancer, Dodie was so gracious and kind, and she would come up up to me and say with a mama's heart, uh, I just want you to know, Doug, that we love you, and I'm going to be a mama to you. And many people love you, and they loved your mama. And I just love the way that Mama Osteen, many endearingly call her Mama Osteen, that uh, she has been so kind and gracious to so many, so faithful in praying for so many people over the years, and that she was so sensitive to the fact that now that I didn't have a mom, that she would be there if I ever needed her as a mama. And also Barbara Byerly, who many call Bobby Byerly, who was the former president of Women's Aglow International. And she would come every week for hours on every Tuesday to my office, along with other prayer leaders, to pray for Houston, to pray for our nation, and pray for the nations of the world. And, and Bobby Barley would be so gracious. She would tell me, Doug, I'm so proud of you, like a mama is proud. And I've imbibed you in my prayer life, and in my heart is like a son. And everywhere she went, she would say, I'm so proud of my son, Doug. And that was such a needed part of my life because I didn't have a mother anymore with me, my biological mom with me, but I had these women who are spiritual giants in the kingdom of God who took it upon themselves to to bring me close into their hearts and endeared me into their hearts and prayers. In fact, when I did get married, because my mother couldn't be there and she was never able to meet my my wife and and my, my new family, but at the wedding, it was so cool to see Dodie Osteen and Barbara Byerly came up and stood in for my mom to pray over us. And that's the beauty of legacy, the beauty of relationships, the beauty of the kingdom, and the beauty of honor. I want to read you something I wrote after my mom passed called Dancing with Jesus. And it was a tribute to my mom uh, who passed. And let me just read this to you, uh, just like I wrote it. Here, this is for mom. I handed my sister Jean half of a Reuben sandwich and kept the other half for myself. It was April 24th, 2005 the day after Mother's funeral. And just a few weeks earlier, on March 22nd, she had been diagnosed with terminal cancer in her lungs and brain. The doctors told us she would have up to six months. She asked the Lord for 10 more years, and we all believed the Lord for a miracle for my mom. But in His sovereign wisdom, grace, and mercy, the Lord chose to take her home quickly and relatively painlessly. Two weeks earlier, She had just completed her first full week of radiation, and her body had handled it beautifully, but she was feeling very weak. She needed some help walking and began to lose her hair, but she wanted to visit her friends back in Houston, so I brought her home with me from Austin. She had a list of things she wanted to do. One, she wanted to see her friends that had been part of our ministry and our Bible studies we did for years, 
and then she wanted to go to Denny's afterward. On Saturday, she wanted to see her Japanese friends and go to a good Japanese restaurant that she loved. And among other things, she wanted to go to PetSmart to pick up some things for her dog Coco, her Pomeranian dog that, that followed her everywhere. It was her companion and friend. I used to tease her by calling her Coco 1 and the dog Coco 2. It's because my mother, although when she uh, Japanese, had long uh, brown hair, she got older in years, she actually put it up more in like a, a Jafro, what I call a Japanese Afro. So I'd call, I'd call my mom Coco 1 and the dog Coco 2. I had to preach Sunday morning, but mother was too weak to join me. When I got back, she had taken a fall and was obviously in pain. And from that time on, her health deteriorated quickly. It seemed as if God had given her the grace and strength on Friday and Saturday to come with me to Houston to accomplish everything on her list of things to do and to see the people she wanted to see. But the one thing she didn't get to do, she never was able to find a good Reuben sandwich. She really wanted to have a Reuben sandwich. So that's why the day after the funeral, on my mom's behalf, we sat down at a restaurant. I ordered a Reuben sandwich, cut it in half, and gave the half of it to my sister and said, this is for mom. In hindsight, I can see the Lord's preparation had begun long before my mother showed up that weekend with her list. Uh, The previous October, before she passed, she flew with me to Japan where she visited family while I ministered. In fact, what was happening is that I was invited to come minister at a pastor's conference and a marketplace conference, and I thought, you know, my mother hasn't seen her relatives in Japan for many years. So my, my, my sister, myself, and my little brother, we put our funds together, bought her an extra ticket to go with me so that I, I could accompany her as she came with me to Japan, and she spent time with her family. After I finished my teaching commitment in Japan, I was able to join them for our final day before departing for the U.S., The day after we returned to Houston, my little nephew Randy kept calling from Austin to say, Mama, are you coming home today? Only six months later, she truly has come home. You know, I have to say this about my trip to Japan with my mother that time. As I look in retrospect, that that was the last time she ever got to see her Japanese family. And it was the last time she would have ever gone back to Japan. So I'm so glad that we obeyed in that simple, still, small voice of the Lord to take up an offering between my brother, sister, and myself to send my mother with me. That was her last visit, and I, I just look back now and realize there's no regrets. It was a special moment to honor my mom. I go on to write in this Dancing with Jesus article after her death, Sushi, Shoes, and Salsa. Her memorial service was a beautiful mixture of tearful goodbyes and happy remembrances. Jean, my brother-in-law Paul, my younger brother Kenny, and I all shared from our hearts. Jean, my little sister, talked of how our mother said her children would always be her babies, and we were, as much as we fought. In fact, Kenny talked of how mom always defended him and stood up for him. And I recalled all the habits my mother had instilled in me, like taking off my shoes before going in the house, as I shared earlier. And even now, as a grown man, I can still hear her voice on my head saying, Dougie, take your shoes off. My mother had a soft heart that welcomed people into her life and made them feel like family. Close friends shared of the joy and laughter she brought into their lives. She loved to cook for people and would have neighbors over for girls' nights, or at my sister's house she would serve them sushi and and would outdance everyone when they began to do any kind of spiritual dancing or worshiping. Others remembered Mother teaching them a Japanese fan dance and the jitterbug. But don't tell Dougie, she would say, and I recalled her participation in what became known as the Salsa Revival Night 
at Houston's Prayer Mountain, a series of 40 days of worship that we had put together in Houston in the last 40 days of 1996. As local Hispanic leaders led in worship that particular night, a spirit of overwhelming joy and exuberance broke out, resulting in kind of a salsa line of praise to the Lord. As Mother danced past me, she said, Dougie, what's the matter you? Come, let's praise the Lord together. I thought back now in remembrance of that moment, how precious that really was to see my mother that I had the pleasure of leading to Christ, dancing in a worship salsa line with many other people to praise and worship the Lord. Family first. Friends at the funeral confirmed how much family meant to my mother. Kenny, they said, your mother always believed in you and wanted so badly for you to believe in yourself. Jean, she always talked about what a good mother you are and what a good daughter And Doug, she was so proud of you because you were doing what God called you to do. She had a fighting spirit. Yet for all the joy she brought and her love for laughter, my mother was a fighter too. As a little girl during World War II, she was separated from the rest of her family for an entire year. She was ate out of garbage dumps to survive. She told us how they learned to run fast enough to keep up with the the shadows of the planes so they could dodge the bombshells as they dropped. I remember as a young boy how my mother and I were kicked out of a restaurant in Green Bay, Wisconsin for being Japanese, but my mother never held it as bitterness or would never retain it and later was hired by the owner of that same restaurant as he apologized for the actions of his employee. The whole time we were growing up, she worked extra jobs to provide for her family. Mom was such a person who was so proud to be an American. She became a naturalized citizen and she was so proud of her U.S. status. My mother's courage conflicted with her commitment to family as she entered this short, final season of life. After her diagnosis, we sat in the doctor's office as she boldly declared, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. I know Jesus. Then with tears, she added, but I want to see my grandchildren grow up. I got an emergency call from my sister on Sunday, April the 17th, and drove to Austin with out-of-town guests then drove back to Houston Monday afternoon. I was scheduled to speak on Tuesday evening at an orientation meeting for a team of 26 who were going to represent Houston at a Transform World Conference in Indonesia. My plan was to drive to Austin afterward to see my mother. Around midday on Tuesday, Jing, my sister, called and said, How important is your meeting? When mother woke up that day, Jean said, she had asked, Where's Dougie? Then later she would say, Is Dougie here yet? And finally, tell Dougie I love him. Needless to say, I left immediately for Mother's bedside. Those next few hours and that next day were moments I will treasure forever. When I arrived and walked in her room, she had tears in her eyes. She looked up and told us she loved us. Jean asked her earlier if the Lord had been showing her anything about heaven and if if she was afraid. She said, I'm not afraid, only sad. At one point, she and I were alone, and she looked at me with knowing eyes and said, Dougie, pray for me. In that moment, my mother seemed to see me both as son and a minister. I could imagine in just a small way how Mary felt as she knew Jesus as the Son of God, yet he was also her son. I felt as if my mother was praying and looking at me and saying, Dougie, pray, was a way of saying, Son, I love you but also as a minister, would you pray for me? And the memory of her eyes looking up at me is a moment I will never forget.
There's no regrets. I'm so glad I honored her. Only the Lord in His providence knew how in His abounding grace, in His great grace, and His amazing grace, only God knew in His providence that we don't have to look back and regret because we honored our mother, because I honored my mom as the oldest Asian son and had her come live with me. As difficult as it was at times, because she liked the thermostat at 77 or 78 degrees, I like it at 70. And she took over the whole house, the master bedroom, the kitchen, the whole house. I got the guest room and the guest bathroom, and, I, and here I am in my house. And yet I look back now, and I have no regrets. I'm so glad that I had those last eight years of moments and memories with my mom. And then I also think about God's sense of humor. When I got married to Lisa, guess what? She likes it around 77, 78 degrees. I like it about 70, 72. But just like my mom, it's like my mother is right there, and I can hear my mom. I can see my mom, and I look at my wife, and I think, wow, God, you brought me someone who's very similar in, in certain ways, but also a fighter. My wife is a fighter. I'm blessed because now I have my wife, a mother-in-law who's also become a mom. Uh, Maria is my mother-in-law, and I'm so blessed that she gets to live with us and that I'm blessed to have her. I have people like Dodie Osteen and Barbara Byerly, and now my mother-in-law, Maria, that God has brought people into my life, set the solitary into family, Scripture says. And so I've been blessed beyond measure that God saw fit to bring around us people that care for us and love us, but we also can then also love and minister to others, and we can also sow to our future by the way we honor other people. So I I remember driving past after the funeral because of the deep void and, and the things that we went through in the process of losing her mom, because she was only 69 when she passed. I drive past certain restaurants now and other places that now bring back precious memories. The PetSmart near my old house is a personal reminder to me of that last weekend we had in Houston as she gave me commands about what kind of dog food to buy. And my sister shared at the funeral how everything she knows about being a wife and mother, she owes to my mother. And probably for the first time in my life, I realize how much of who I am, and how much of what I'm doing I owe to my mother as well. As Mother's Day comes up, and I think of my mother, and I miss her very much, but I also know that I may not always had the right words to tell her when she was here, but she knew in her heart that we loved her. I am so thankful for those eight years we had together, and I wouldn't trade one day for anything in the world. I remember in the hospital when she leaned over and said to me, Dougie, I'm going to beat this, you know. And mom, you did beat it. And just like your son-in-law Paul said, you taught him how a Christian dies. You passed on to eternity beautifully with courage and grace, leaving behind a legacy of love. Thank you, mom, for everything. I rejoice now for the day I will join you in that salsa revival line in heaven and dancing with you and Jesus. And Mama, I just want to say, Mama, you are right. And to all those out there listening now, regardless of your story and circumstance, everybody has a story, but the one greatest story of all is a story of Jesus Christ and His love for us. And through that love, we have a guarantee of eternity, and that all together, we will be healed together, we will rejoice together, we will dance together, we will worship together in eternity. But may I say this for each and every one of you, as we come into Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day for all you mamas out there, but also to those of you that haven't talked to your mom for a while, or maybe you haven't honored the former generation. We should take time to reflect on the importance 
of honor. Honor your parents. Honor your mama. We, we may not always agree, but there is something about respect and honor that releases a blessing of God. And then another thing I want to say to everyone, my mom was right, because when we all get to heaven, we will take our shoes off because it's holy ground. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.